guys, it's Corey from Redefining Strengths. Welcome to the Fitness Hacks Podcast. Today I wanna talk about prehab. So prehab is all of that injury prevention stuff that you're doing before you're actually injured. You know those times where you've sort of been like, oh, like, oh, I have a little ache and pain, but I can push through, you know? It's not really anything. Oh, when I run, it sort of warms up, so it's okay. You know those little aches and pains that we ignore, uh, and then we all of a sudden are like shocked when we're injured? Well, those aches and pains are why we become injured. And the best way to prevent injury is to do all of the rehab work before we actually have an issue, aka, Prehab. So prehab is taking all those little, little, little aches and pains that are just minor and addressing them before they add up. It's addressing the common postural distortions that we have because we all know we're sitting too much, right? We're hunched over our computer, we're texting on our phones, and these modern desk job postures create imbalances and compensations, which eventually lead to injuries. It's why you can sort of like be shocked that all of a sudden you're all of a sudden, right? You're injured. And it's because these postures added up. And finally, you just had that overload, that sort of straw that broke the camel's back. It might've been trying to pick up a pencil off the ground. It might've been lifting during your workouts. It can be basically anything. And it feels like it happens all of a sudden, but really it's perpetual overload. Okay. So prehab is addressing those postural distortions. It's addressing some of those minor aches and pains that seem like nothing that you can just push through before they become an issue. Because the best rehab is prehab. It's also about addressing some of those previous injuries you've had. A lot of times people will be like, well, I did the rehab, so now I'm all better, and now I can just go back to doing what I was doing before. And the simple fact is you can't, because a lot of the times we originally got injured was because of overload from uh, our modern desk job postures, okay? It's from our daily lifestyle things that have added up. So if you've had an injury, you can never stop doing the things that made you better. Those things become part of your prehab routine. So prehab basically is doing all of the things to prevent injuries before they actually occur. It's working to improve your mobility and stability so that you're as balanced as can possibly be. And no, we won't ever be uh, like completely balanced creatures. We just can't be, you know, we have structures that aren't completely balanced. You know, we're not perfectly symmetrical in our face looks and any looks, you know, uh, we have those imbalances that are sort of things we can't even change, but we can do as much as possible to not only note them and work around them. So if you do have a structural leg, leg discrepancy, you can actually do a lot to work around it with unilateral moves. But so it's knowing those things and then knowing what are muscular imbalances that we can sort of correct or constantly address in our mobility work. So we always want to be addressing anything that we can that could lead to injury, knowing that yes, sure. Injuries are still going to occur, but we can always make them more minor, shorter term, not lead to other issues because we're doing that preventative work. So what really is the prehab process? It's foam rolling, stretching, and activation. And it's really key we include all three parts. You might be like, well, I've been foam rolling and it just hasn't really worked. Or I've been stretching and it just doesn't seem to really add up. And it's really because all three of those different forms of recovery or uh, preventative prehab really work best together, okay? And I'm gonna go into a little bit of why they all work best together and when you implement the three-part process, that's when you get the best results. But it's key that we understand that while each part might help uh, and that adding in more of one or the other might be key for us, that really all three together do work better. And so if you're not getting the results you want, it might be because you're not doing enough of each one. And that's not only doing the right things, guys, it's being very intentional with how we use them. So often, you know, people are like, well, I'm doing those moves. Why am I not getting results? And it's because you're not being intentional or really paying attention. And when I say intentional, paying attention to what you feel working, uh, you're going through the motions. So you're doing the clams or you're doing the fire hydrants or you're doing the activation moves, but you're not actually getting the correct muscles working. And that is also why all three parts are so key together.
So when you're thinking about prehab, it doesn't have to be this whole other thing you add into your routine. Although if you're at home right now, you know, get up from your table and doing your daily work and go stretch. No one's going to judge you right now. You know, if you're working from home, no one's going to say anything about you getting down on the ground and foam rolling. You're probably even in pajamas anyway. So take advantage of it, but go roll out a little bit more throughout the day, go stretch, go activate. And obviously the more you can do those sort of all together, the better, but take some time throughout your day to do it, right? That's some prehab, but prehab can also just be a strategic warm-up. So the areas that you plan to work in your workout, you want to make sure that your hips are mobile. If you're going to squat, you know, that your ankles are mobile. If you're going to squat, you want to address some of those common areas that become restricted or underactive before you actually use them in your workout so that you can have more efficient recruitment patterns. We have to remember that strength, that power all relate back to also our mind body connection. How quickly and effectively can you recruit muscles to get the desired response? So if you want to be stronger, if you want to be more powerful, so if you want to PR in your next race, if you want to lift a one rep max, it's heavier. If you want to see any improvements in your lifting, it's also about establishing that mind body connection and improving those recruitment patterns, which comes back to our warm up. Okay. So using prehab as your warm up can help you move better. It can help you address any like tightness you might have from sitting all day. So this is your perfect time to then help your workout be more beneficial, right? You're getting the right muscles working, you're loosening tight muscles. So think of prehab even as just that strategic warm up to get more out of your routine. Because think about how many times you've gone into your workouts even and like a couple rounds in, you're like, oh, I finally feel loose. I feel better. You know, I can lift more weight. I can squat deeper. Why waste any of that valuable time that you're supposed to be lifting? warming up. Just set aside five to 10 minutes at the beginning of your routine and do this foam rolling, stretching and activation process. So why is it foam rolling, stretching and activation? Okay. I want to go into each of the little parts. Uh, and I dug a little deeper and I have a few studies that I'll put in the show notes so you can check those out as well. But the reason that foam rolling is the first step, and I know foam rolling is pretty controversial right now, just because people are like, well, it's not directly linked to injury prevention. Okay. But guys, when we're talking about these things, we're talking about foam rolling is linked to improvements in range of motion, right? It is improved uh, or it does, has been shown to inhibit muscles, which then if you inhibit the muscle allows you to activate the other ones. So it's remembering that while one modality might not on its own prevent injuries, it goes back to how we're improving our mobility, how we're addressing postural distortions. So foam rolling is the first step because it can not only inhibit those overactive muscles to help you then establish a better mind body connection to underactive ones, but there have been a couple studies that have shown that it actually improves joint range of motion. And while these improve are short-lived, if you use this as the first step and then you stretch and activate to help maintain those improvements, you're going to get the full results. Okay. So think about foam rolling as that way to relax those overactive muscles. If you tend to compensate and you tend to feel your hamstrings taking over during the glute bridge for your glutes by foam rolling your hamstrings, you can help disrupt that mind body connection. So if your mind is like, Hey, my hamstrings are the things that I should be recruiting because they've developed synergistic synergistic dominance. That's a hard word to say synergistic dominance. And you're going to want to recruit that muscle to perform that movement, even though it shouldn't be the prime mover, you're going to use the foam rolling to sort of interrupt that mind body connection. So you're sort of like sort of taking the wire that's connecting, right. And you're sort of chopping it momentarily. You can always tape it back together, but you're chopping it with the foam rolling so that you can then sort of link up the wires between your glutes and your brain. Okay. So if you want to think about it that way, if that helps, that's a, a analogy I just made up on the spot, which I actually like a lot, but, um, 
It's establishing that new my body connection so that you can get the correct muscles working. So foam rolling is sort of that little break so that you can establish the proper my body connection. So we want to think that we're going to foam roll overactive muscles and tight muscles, okay? So we're going to improve the joint range of motion. We're going to interrupt that my body connection to establish a proper one. We also want to remember that when we're using foam rolling, you're not necessarily loosening the prime movers in your workout. So if you do want to work your glutes, you're not going to necessarily foam roll your glutes, right? You're going to foam roll the antagonist muscles, which are going to want to compensate. So it's even, there's an interesting study on stretching, which I'll get into where they actually stretch the antagonist versus the prime mover. And so that actually helped them then get more powerful, even when doing static stretching, which was interesting. And I'll go into that more, but the same sort of philosophy applies to foam rolling. You're not necessarily wanting to roll the muscle that you're going to want to work because that might relax it, but you're trying to not only improve a joint range of motion, which might mean sometimes rolling those muscles. And the good thing is the studies haven't shown that foam rolling leads to the impact on performance that static stretching does, but you even want to more so focus on those muscles that you don't want to work, right? Because you're trying to inhibit them further. Okay. So that's why foam rolling is the first step. After you relax those overactive muscles, after you start to improve your joint range of motion, you're then going to want to stretch through range of motion. So especially when you're using this as a warm-up, you want to focus on those dynamic stretches, those stretches that put the joint through a full range of motion that start to make you breathe a little bit harder and warm up, right? As I mentioned a little bit briefly when I was talking about that foam rolling stuff, there was an interesting new study and it was from 2019 and it brought up the fact that so many studies of static stretching are all about stretching the agonist muscle or the prime mover and those studies have shown static stretching to be detrimental to power generation. And this study was like, well, what if we don't stretch the prime mover? So, you know, if we're squatting, we're not going to stretch our quads or any of those things, right? We're going to stretch some of those like accessory muscles. And they actually did it with the upper body, but they showed that by specifically incorporating upper body antagonist static stretching into pre-performance routines, it might offer simple and effective means of enhancing agonist power. So that prime mover power. So if you actually stretch, not the muscle that you want to work, but the opposing muscle group, it might actually help improve your power. So there might still be benefits for static stretching. Uh, again, when you're doing that warm up, you do want to also get your blood pumping a little bit, which will help loosen you up. So definitely focus your stretching on that dynamic stretching, but don't be afraid if you do have something that really restricts your mobility and a really tight muscle to include some of that static stretching in there, especially if it's not the muscle you're planning to work. Okay. So that can be super beneficial and then use that dynamic stretching to also address areas that might be restricted that might then impact your workout. So if you're doing squats, don't be afraid to add an ankle mobility work to help you improve your squat depth, because a lot of times that ankle mobility restriction or immobility there can impact our squat depth and therefore how much we actually get out of our workout. So you're using the stretching to also mobilize the joints, get everything loose and warmed up. And both stretching and foam rolling can then also be implemented during your rest periods. And I want to bring this up because while I think the main prehab should be our warm up, I think too often during our rest periods, we're sitting around watching our watch or we rush through them instead of utilizing them to the, the most that we can, uh, because we think they're wasted time or right. Make it harder, cut out rest. That's not the case. And especially when you're lifting and trying to get the most out of it or working on power, you want to take those rest periods. So actually relaxing muscles that are trying to compensate or stretching out when you feel your like range of motion is a little restricted could be really beneficial. And as I mentioned, they might even improve your performance if you stretch the antagonist, not the prime mover. Okay. So after you've mobilized your joints with some stretching, you warmed up your body with some stretching, you've addressed those muscles that are shorter, uh, short and 
overactive and you've even foam rolled to relax everything and sort of disrupt that mind-body communication between muscles that want to compensate, you're going to do activation. So activation is one of the most underutilized parts. And I think it gets often mistaken for strength training. While I think you need to do reps with lighter loads to warm up, if you're going to squat, I think we need to do that prep work that's activation. And we need to make sure that we're establishing that mind-body connection. These moves are meant not to ever really be progressed to super heavy loads, but they're done for higher reps and lower loads just to establish that mind-body communication so that you feel the muscle working. And the better your mind-body communication, the more when you do that basic bodyweight glute, glute bridge, you should feel the muscle working right from that first rep. So you might find that if your mind-body connection isn't quite there, it takes more reps to activate, or you feel other muscles wanting to compensate, so you really have to focus. And so even in between rounds of activation, you might need to do some foam rolling and stretching to inhibit some of those overactive muscles. But the activation is all about that mind-body communication. It's all about what muscle you feel working, not about progressing with heavier loads, okay? So you might add reps over time. You do obviously want to progress to keep challenging, but the sign that you have a really great mind-body communication is that you can activate from that first rep, even with that easy movement, okay? Because again, part of strength and power is about being able to activate a muscle quickly and efficiently. That's what's going to make your movement patterns better. It's what's going to make your recruitment patterns better so you can lift more and run faster. So the activation is those uh, low load, high rep moves, and it's done to really activate underactive muscles. So commonly underactive muscles for us are our glutes, uh, muscles of our back, our abs. Those are commonly underactive because of the common postural distortions we have. We also have to think about previous injuries when we're adding in activation moves to our workouts, because if you had an ankle injury, there's a chance your glutes might not be firing. So always think about the muscles you struggle to feel working when you do those compound movements that leads to overload of other areas. So if you feel your upper traps or your neck always working, working on your mid and lower traps might be key, right? So it's about establishing the mind-body connection to the muscles that should be working during moves, but aren't necessarily, and we aren't able to recruit as efficiently. So you want to make sure that you're including those right before you then go into your strength training. So your mind is like, yeah, I feel that muscle working. I'm ready to use it, right? Because again, otherwise it's going to go back and use those muscles that it's sort of naturally wants to use because of the postural distortions or previous injuries we have. Okay. So it's foam rolling to relax those overactive muscles and start to improve your range of motion. It's stretching to further enhance that range of motion and maintain that range of motion and warm your body up. Okay. And again, you could potentially use static stretching. As I mentioned, that one study found that it could be interesting to implement if you're not stretching the prime mover for your workout. And then you want to activate. And remember too, that those activation moves by engaging that muscle group are actually going to stretch out the opposing muscle group. So in terms of our glutes and our hip flexors, by activating your glutes and really focusing on squeezing your glutes to drive your hips into extension, you're also through reciprocal inhibition going to end up stretching out your hip flexors. Okay. So that's why the three-part process is so key because part of it is relaxing the overactive and part of it is activating the underactive and both work together to really help establish that mind-body connection. It's key you be intentional though, as you do the movements. So as you do those glute bridges, if you feel your lower back taking over, your hamstrings taking over, go back to that foam rolling and stretching. It doesn't have to be just a clear progression. You can utilize each thing. And even as I said, come back to it during your workout rest periods, maybe even under, uh, activating your underactive side if you don't feel your right glute during your squat and you know you have that asymmetrical weight shift, okay? So that prehab process is all three parts, foam rolling, stretching, and activation. It should be used as your warm-up, and I'll actually put a nice little warm-up in the show notes so that you guys can try that out as well. Uh, I'll give you a full body one, but remember, you don't have to do every area of your body every time, okay? So if you are using it as your warm-up, focus on what you plan to work that day. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, all of those different places. Comment below on the video if you have a question, and I hope you guys have a great day.